Oh, wait. Welcome to Wild Chat Sports podcast number nine. As we have a very special guest today, uh, I welcome Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. Hey, how you doing, man? It's a pleasure to be here. It's awesome. Thanks for joining us. I'm super pumped uh, that you're here right now at the uh, WUNH radio station. Um, how, how's the day going? Pretty good? So far, so good. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah? Awesome. Awesome. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Um, so this is your first time in Durham, correct? Yes. Yeah? Yes. I've been invited to uh, speak at an event tonight. Sweet. Yeah. University of New Hampshire, so I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. As I said, former NBA player, former third overall pick in the 1990 NBA draft, um, social justice advocate as well. Um, great, great leader in the league, so super pumped to have him join us with, uh, today. So, um, Mahmoud, just to start off, uh, tell us a little bit about your childhood and h- how you grew a passion for like basketball, for the game. Oh, man. Um, at a very early age, man, I, uh, I noticed that I had athletic abilities. I was blessed. Uh, flirted with a lot of different sports, but I just gravitated to basketball. It was mm-hmm. easy to wake up and want to do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, it was a way out. Mm. Uh, just uh, uh, I, I didn't see myself having a future, anything else, really. Mm. And so it became an issue of life or death for me. Mm. Uh, but also there was a major love for the game. Mm. And so I just made it a point. Uh, every morning, man, at around 9, 10 years old, to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Wow. And I would be at the basketball court five o'clock at it, nine. Yeah, wow! It, it, because, and that's fortunate because mm. some people don't realize what they want to do till later in life. Mm. But I knew that okay, this was what I wanted to do. But also, I felt I needed to do it. Right. Uh, like I said, it was life or death, and mm. didn't matter to me what the weather conditions were. Right. And so, one thing led to another, man, and I just kept uh, progressing. Yeah. People caught wind of it. Yeah. Kept Started getting invited to little yeah, tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Here. You know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Yeah. It's great. Um, so, I mean, you were considered one of the best bas- college basketball players of all time. I mean, played at LSU, two-time SEC Player of the Year, two-time All-American. I mean, hell, you scored 53 points as a freshman, man. <laughs> uh, not many people can say that. That game was against Florida. Um, but also, you, people don't realize you also played with Shaq in yeah. college as well. Right. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, that is. Um, talk about that experience, and did you see that kind of sky-high potential from the big man himself as a teammate? You know, uh, I was a sophomore. Uh, Shaquille was a freshman. And uh, you notice right when he came in, he had an attitude. Not mm. an arrogant attitude. Right, yeah. But he just wanted to get better. Yeah. And he worked very hard. He wasn't the most skillful guy. The most skillful big man on our team was Stanley Roberts. Right. But Stanley didn't have the work ethic mm. that Shaquille had. And yeah. I think his work ethic is what – and his attitude is what propelled Shaquille to that level that he was at. And I can remember actually one day in the uh, dormitory, mm. and he had some insight back then, foresight, whatever you want to call it. He said, you know what, I'm going to be the first guy in the NBA that makes $80 million. Well, he wow. made well yeah. over $80 million. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. talking about a contract. Right, so, yeah. Um, that was it was nice to yeah, it was too. nice to play play with him. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't an offensive force for us mm. when I was there. He was more the rebounder. He can he can take the ball up the floor, dribble it, pass yeah, it, yeah, yeah. block shots. Uh, but uh, he definitely, after I left, began to be that that go to guy and that dominant force that we saw in the NBA for yeah. those years. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's yeah. awesome. Um, with the third overall pick, the Denver Nuggets select. <laughs> Chris Jackson, 
What was going on in your head in the 1990 NBA draft when, when they said that? Man, I was happy to be there. You know, you, it, it's, it's, you're talking about from nine years old, giving pretty much your life, you know, dedicating your life to the game of basketball. And anything can go wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, injuries, getting on the wrong squad, chemistry not good, shots not falling. And here it is, you know, this young, young man in, from small town in Gulfport, Mississippi yeah. is now sitting – uh, at uh, in New York in front of David Stern at the time. Uh, and they're talking about not just a pick, but you're talking about the third pick overall. Right, yeah, that's round. crazy, man. Yeah, and, and I think I'm pretty much the first person in my family to have gone to, I think, mm. maybe going to college and definitely to have made professional yeah. sports. So it was, a uh, man, it was, it, was, it was surreal yeah. in many ways, yeah. I mean, only selected behind, you know, Derek Coleman and Gary Payton. That's I mean, right. that's that's pretty crazy, man. Pretty <laughs> that's right. crazy. That's right. Um, you know, you were drafted at 21 years old. Did you feel any extra pressure from the media? I mean, did you did you feel, you know, any extra pressure from the fans, the media? I mean, you were drafted at such a young age. And, like, you look at guys today with Zion Williamson. There's social media floating around this guy. If you had to give advice to someone younger – at your age at the time, around 20, early 20s, what would you say to someone entering the league? Well, well, first, the first question was, uh, I didn't feel any extra pressure mm -hmm. uh, being in that situation because you got to remember, you, you, you've been in that arena from elementary, junior high, high school, college, you know, uh, um, having to be able to perform. And there's always that quote-unquote pressure to do that. So it wasn't any different. Um, the advice so much, um, I'm not big on advice, but I would just say take one day at a time and believe in yourself. Uh, have fun with the process. Sometimes the worst thing you can do is is put pressure on yourself. Right, you, right. Then you tense up and right. you're not at your best. Right. Just go out and have fun. Yeah. And, and just execute, play the game, just like you would if you were on, a, on the playground. Right. Right. No, it, it's interesting that you say that just because, you know, you look at the league today, mm -hmm. so much social media now, it's mm -hmm. way more implemented in, into the press conferences, and, and basically there's eyes on, on these guys 24-7, whatever they do, on and off the court. Um, I just wanted to get your, your uh, input on that and, and that pressure, so uh, thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Um, so on top of that, we talk about media and hype you were in the slam dunk contest. <laughs> that must have been pretty crazy, man. Um, take us back to the 1993 and what was going on in your head throughout that experience. Man, let me tell you something. I didn't even want to be in a dunking contest. <laughs> I, I, I used to dunk in high school a lot. I was dunking in college somewhat. But I just stopped dunking. The NBA season is long. And mm. I'm looking at the career of these guys who are my, my size, who started off jumping high, didn't have knee problems. Right, yeah, and I'm right. thinking longevity. Right. And uh, so that particular summer, man, I said, you know, I'm going to get back into dunking. And Robert Pack and I, we would have dunk-offs in practice. It was like, man, you can really do it. Yeah. And so they eventually, I don't know who did, but I think some of my teammates put my name in the hat. Right. And uh, But, again, I didn't, want, I didn't even want to be in it mm. um, at all. But uh, I went in and my best dunks were in the warm-ups. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah, and yeah, I'm, yeah. And technically, I think I've. I, I, I made history because yeah. I never dunked in the NBA game. Right? Yeah. No, I did see that. So I also <laughs> saw. So I also saw. There's some. There's some rumors too that like that. 
that there was like a video that no, the owner of the team had at the time, and uh-huh. that kind of blew up, and you sent it to the league. I mean, that's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and you you ended up dunking in front of all these people <laughs> in the biggest weekend. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Salt Lake City. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Yeah, I mean, you're dunking against Kenny the Jet Smith. I mean, that that must have been incredible. Uh, you talk about, you know, there's some controversy in terms of uh, the competitive style of All-Star Weekend. And, you know, you're hearing players not really feeling like going into the All-Star game or really the dunk contest. And back then, it just seemed so much more competitive. And you could tell. I was watching the YouTube videos last night, man. Uh, you know, it just seemed like it was just a way more competitive atmosphere. What is your take on, you know, some of these players deciding, you know, they're not as interested to uh, playing in a dunk contest, et cetera, in All-Star Weekend? Well, I, I think you had some of the same feelings back then. Uh, you know, you have players. This is a long season. Right. And, and, and these particular players that are going – for the all-star game, and they play a lot of minutes. Mm. You know, so this is one of the few times during the year where you actually, right, right, if they right. didn't have that, you have a break. Right. But you can't really take it. Mm. Now they have more of a break after the Right, yeah, like yeah. They, have, they still have about a week or whatever. Right, yeah, it's a so little it's bit a longer. totally yeah. different. Right. So now when you think about that scenario, I would say, I would imagine it would be easier to go out and play hard. Right. And, and, and enjoy it because you have so many days. Then right after the all-star game, you were right back into the season. Right. And so, but but the thing, you're right. Then it was something about East and West mm. wanting to prove that we're the best region. Mm. You know, and you saw that, man. Guys yeah. would compete. They're going at each other now. Yeah. You know, guys are giving each other the lane. Yeah. It's not even exciting to watch. It's not even East and West anymore. No. Yeah. You, you don't, team LeBron, Team Giannis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't even like it. Um, but now the dunking contest even. You know, I mean, mm. you got some guys now that can. Yeah. They can flat out do some stuff. Yeah, stuff you, that, the stuff that they're doing now with going up, throwing it around it, right, right, between right. their legs, behind yeah. their back. It's it's amazing to see, um, but it's not. I don't know the hype mm. associated with it. Just doesn't seem the same. And I'm not one that's saying well because I'm older. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, past, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, but you hear this from a lot of other people too, who when they begin to look at the comparison. Mm. Yeah, do. You, you mentioned like all the different people in the dunk contest now. It's a little bit more flashy. I mean, Aaron Gordon's one of those names. You know, we saw Blake Griffin a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Um, there's talks that Dwight Howard might be interested in coming back to the dunk contest Superman. this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have like a favorite dunker in the NBA? Is there a certain player that style that that just impresses you more when they when they dunk when they throw down? Are you no, not really. Nah. Uh, no, I, I don't really watch. I don't really watch the All Star game. Yeah, or the dunk contest. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm more so, and I don't watch as much basketball in terms of the games. I, I do watch it if it's competitive. It keeps me at the television. Right, 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 right. If it's not, then of course I, I move on. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, mm. But I like more, I guess, in game. Right. Dunks. Right. But I did like that young guy uh, from uh, Orlando. What was his name? When he went to his legs. No, no, no. About a year or two ago, he went up and he had his legs like he was sitting down and he went through his legs. Jonathan Isaac, was it? No, he's a light-complexion guy. He's still with Orlando. Oh, yeah. He can jump. I mean, he won it. Right. No, he came in second place or won it. I can't remember. I'll figure it out right now. Man, but he jumped up and he was like sitting down with his legs straight. Right. 
Oh my goodness, that was a, a phenomenal dunk. But I think my one of my best man is is Vince Carter. Mm. Back in oh, I bet, <laughs> Vince, I bet, yeah, man. Vince could just get up. He's he's still playing. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because you talked about, you know, the length of All Star, you mm. know, the All Star break and players getting back into it. One of the big topics right now is load management in the NBA and mm-hmm. players needing days off, et cetera. I think I looked up your stats. You only missed like three or four games in like three straight years from like 91 to 94. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on like load management, quote unquote, and any, any thoughts on that and players needing breaks in the regular season? Well, there's a few ways to look at it. Uh, um, I mean, it definitely can can give the player longevity. So if you're yeah, a player yeah, yeah. And, and the coach is going to give you that, a lot of players are going to take it. Like I said, it's a long season. It's 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 a it's a intense season. Right. At the same time, I don't know, man. You know, you you are making all of that money to mm. play the game of basketball. Right. And you really have your recovery time usually as an athlete is pretty good. Mm. You know, from the time the game is over, all the things at their their disposal right now with masseuse right. and and hot tub, right, right. Coat, <laughs> yeah, yeah, travel, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, a lot of them probably don't even practice mm. as much. So you can get that time during practice mm. off. But you also, in a sense, you're cheating the fans mm. because a lot of times these players. You may have a family, man, that they've saved their money to come see a certain game. Mm. Then all of a sudden you get there and you want to see LeBron or you right. want to see Ky- Kyrie. I mean, right. uh, 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 Kyrie or whoever. Yeah. You know, Kawhi. Giannis was part and of then, it. Kawhi, yeah. And then they don't tell you that they're not playing. Yeah. Right? And and so it's it's I think it's just in, in some cases bad for business. Yeah. And it doesn't really look good uh, unless it's a legitimate, mm. you know, le- legitimate injury. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but. No, uh, yeah, that no, that's. But you're gonna look, man. These players are gonna take advantage of that, that opening. Right, 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 right. Get it? Yeah. We would have probably did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, um, but it's 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 just a strange phenomenon, right? Right. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure, man. For sure. Um, you know, 1993 was a big year for you. Mm-hmm. Um, also that year you were named NBA's most improved player. Um, did you feel? You know, did you feel your expectations as a teammate sort of, you know, escalated? You know, I mean, you're playing with one of the greatest big men of all time in Mutombo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after winning that award, did did anything change your game? Did you, is anything, you know, stick out to you after that? Well, you know, you always you always try to keep your expectations high anyway, mm-hmm. regardless. Uh, but the thing that did it for me mostly, I mean, when I first got to the league, man, I, I was I was kind of depressed. Mm-hmm. I was in an area, man, I wasn't used to the snow. Uh, the people that had brought me in, Doug Moe, they had fired. They brought in Paul Westhead. Mm-hmm. Paul Westhead really didn't want me. So you had that that dynamic at work. And so I just wasn't, ha- I wasn't happy. And I began to gain a lot of weight mm-hmm. and uh, making excuses for myself until I walked into the store and I saw an article saying that I was a bust. Mm-hmm. And that teed me off. Right. And so I began to train. And so one thing led to another. I was fortunate to come out that other year and make. I lost a lot of weight. And they changed uh, the coach. Right. Dan Issel became the coach. Right. He said the slate is clean and uh, just let me play. Right. And so the numbers made sense. They added up. And right. I, I ended yeah. up becoming that 
that guy. Um, but what, what the the question you asked? Um, no, no, that was good. I I just felt like I was just asking. Um, you know, you're you won NBA's most improved player in 1993. Yeah. You're playing alongside Mutombo on the Denver Nuggets. That is one of the greatest big men of yeah. all time. Did you feel any extra like responsibility in terms of uh, in terms of, of after winning that award? Uh, well. Uh, Let's face it, the, the, the more successful you are, mm. the more not just you as a person, you expect of yourself because you constantly want to improve, but you know that other people are expecting at least right. the same level of play, if not better. Right. So it's it, that's just that that comes with the game. Yeah. Um, and so there there is that, that element of, mm. you know, I got to come out and whatever I did this year, I have to do the same or better next year. Yeah. Um, and... and it comes from you first, but mm. of course your team. So you want to be able to contribute to your team as much as possible. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it was interesting right before that. Um, you know, you talked about like anxiety and depression. It's a big thing that's happening in not just the NBA, but in this generation globally. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you know, especially as an NBA player, that it's got to mm-hmm. be escalated that much more. I mean, I, I know students or my peers that are struggling with it mm-hmm. but I can only imagine being on that stage that you were on mm-hmm. you know, getting drafted that hype you know you have the outside noise of bust mm-hmm. or not you know what it wh- how do you handle that what what how do you stay focused um in times like that well everybody deal, deals with things deal with things differently obviously but for me my faith is a huge component mm-hmm. that, that governs everything I do so that's first and foremost. Right. And then uh, a lot of it, man, just like health, they say there's a holistic approach to healing yourself. It's just right. not taking s- certain herbs or medicines, but mm. it's your exercise. It's it's your sleep. Mm. It's it's surrounding yourself, man, right. around really good people, man. It's going to constantly keep you engaged and motivated. And I think that's that's huge, too. Uh, you know, they do studies on this all the time. If right. you want, If you want to be... Uh, lose weight, if you want to be an activist, if you want to be great in basketball, hang around people mm. that have those similar traits in mind. So right. really I think associating yourself with good people, yeah. rest, your faith, you know, whatever it is, yeah. finding those healthy outlets, man, uh, helps to keep keep you grounded and, 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 and focused. Mm. Now also in uh, 1993, you, know, you mentioned it's like a big year for you. Um, your birth name was Chris Jackson. You changed... Uh, your name after converting to Islam, you talk about, you know, faith is a huge part, um, big part of your life. Um, you know, you later, you know, protested, um, f- you know, those beliefs by refusing to stand for the Star Spangled Banner um, pr- prior to games. Um, and you're you're starting to see like a number of athletes starting to do that more and more mm-hmm. um, today, not just in basketball, but in all sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, headlined a lot is Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. So t- take us through that experience because you were really the first athlete to protest. You know, your you know really stand up for your beliefs and what you believe in. Take us through that experience. Um, and did you feel any? Did you have any feelings of loneliness um, or, or anything? You know, he got suspended for it. I mean, take us through that experience. Well, I mean, there were there were there were uh, numerous others before me. You know, the Kurt Floods, the mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali's. Right. And so I'm just what I was doing was just pretty much kind of off the heels of what they established. Right. Um, uh, for me, man, it just it, 
I would say, you know, the the, the popular word now is uh, I was a, I was I was awakened. Right. You know, I began to yeah. read more uh, yeah. and then reading a lot. I mean, from and I think you got Noam Chomsky yeah, right yeah, up yeah. the street. Right. Yeah. Uh, Howard Zinn, just different people. And uh, mm. they were just explaining conditions that existed that I had no I ain't going to say I didn't have an idea, but I didn't know it was that extensive. Right. And coming from where I came from, man, just knowing what it feels like, you know, to, to be denied, know what it feels like to, to uh, you know, to, to feel like, you know, you're in an oppressive situation. Mm. Those things just pricked my conscience. And mm. I didn't want to be that person that when my life was over, that the only thing you, you remembered of me, whoa, man, he had a mean crossover and a jump shot. I wanted to be that person that, that stood for something. Right. And uh, so that's kind of like in a, in a nutshell for me, just briefly, you know, how it happened. Uh, but it definitely came through reading, through engaging people in conversation. And then I knew at that time, you know, Erin Dottie Roy, a political activist or author, she said, once you see something, you can't unsee it. To be silent, to say nothing is just as political an act as speaking out. Either way, you're accountable. So I'm like, wow. So my silence won't save me. If it's just as political as speaking out, I might as well go for broke. Right, yeah. And if it's something that, you know, I believe is something that I feel like I, you know, I want to say, uh, just go ahead and say it. And whatever the consequences are, you know, hey, there's always consequences. Mm. But I think the, the worst consequence is when we don't say something right. that, 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 uh, that we're aware of because now it gives the impression that everything's okay. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's the chance that a lot of people... Uh, of course, if you don't take that position, uh, they won't be influenced by it because mm -hmm. they don't see it. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's interesting because we talk about, you know, how some of the fans may have seen that point of view. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you you cleared it up right there for us. Mm -hmm. How did how did your teammates handle mm -hmm. that situation? What was going on in the locker room or within the organization? As Man, the, the media blew it up mm -hmm. uh, worse than what it was. Um my teammates, by and large, I mean, the whole year on the bus, on the plane, we have conversations about mm. these things. A lot yeah. of us come from the same or similar socioeconomic background anyway. Right. Similar experiences. Right, yeah. So my teammates, by and large, whether they agree with how I did it, I think understood why it was done. Mm. Um, um, and they supported me. You know, right. Dikembe came out and said something. Jalen Rose said something right. positive. Dale Ellis actually was facing the other way when I was suspended in his own protest. Right. Um, but, of course, the media grabbed, you know, and, and then we didn't have social media. Right, right. So they yeah. can control the narrative more, and they, of course, wanted to focus on the tyranny or oppression. Right, yeah. Outside of it. And, and, Which is difficult, yeah. Right, of course. And so I can understand if people, they're not reading, they're not analyzing, and then your main source of information is what you see on television. Yeah. I would have probably been influenced. Yeah, no. Yeah, what is yeah. that dude doing? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> I've had a lot of people since then uh, that my career is over. I'm going through airports. I go to different cities. And I'm talking about black, white, you name it. And a lot of them will come up and say, you know what, man, when I was younger and you did that, I didn't quite understand. Mm. You know, I was like, what What are you doing? And this guy's crazy. But now that right. I'm, I've grown older and I'm... I've 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 experienced some things and I've I've, I've read more. Right. You know I appreciate the, the position that you've taken. I didn't see it then. Mm. So you know, it's nice that you get something out of it. But you're not going to please everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's um, that's pretty interesting. Just because 
that's been a pretty hot topic in sports. Yes. Um, you know, I, I mentioned like Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. Um, you know, he's still trying to work some things out with teams as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the sacrifice, you know, that both you guys had to take. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, you know, have you talked to Colin? Have you, have you reached out to him? Have you, because you guys are, I mean, I feel like you guys are really the only two athletes that have really recently over the past couple of years have uh, dealt with this kind of situation. So I was just curious. Yeah, um, man, I can't remember. It's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know how how many years years uh, they passed by so fast. Yeah, yeah. It seems. Um, I met him when he was still, uh, I think, with the uh, uh, San Francisco Forty mm. ers We have some mutual friends in the Bay Area, right? And we had met and talked maybe a little over an hour mm. in, in a private location. Um, and it was just a casual conversation. Nobody was giving advice back and forth. Right. Uh, if I said something and resonated, he took it, and vice versa. We mm-hmm. were just sharing our experiences. And I, I saw him not too long ago in Atlanta before he came, you know, for the trial, man. And uh, he he seemed to be a guy that he said something that resonated with me uh, years ago. He said, you know what, this is the most free he's ever felt. Mm. And and that resonated because, you know, feeling that way, that's why you're able to do what you do because mm. you actually feel free. You mm. don't have, you don't feel constrained and arrested. Right. And so uh, he's doing a lot of great work, and I just continue to applaud him for that. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Just because, you know, as you know, it's mm-hmm. just been blowing up in sports. So yeah, of um, course. appreciate you you talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just going off of you know your NBA career as well. Um, you know. You played in such a great time period of basketball, the <laughs> '90s, man, the golden yeah. age. Um, I mean, do I even have to mention the names? I mean, David Robinson, Charles Barkley, John Stockton, Scottie Pippen, Reggie Miller, Hakeem Olajuwon, and of course MJ. I mean, talk. Tell us about what it was like playing against those kind of guys, and um, maybe maybe talk about who's the hardest guy you had to cover. Well. Uh... You you forgot one. When I first came into the league, actually, I was fortunate to play against the Larry Bird, the mm. Magic Johnson, the right. Isaiah Thomas. Right, yeah. Because you know, they had, I think, about two, three years or whatever left before they uh, left the league. But, man, the thing about the NBA is it, so beautiful because even a guy on the bench, mostly, you know, I tell, I tell this to people that guys in college mm. are usually, they were the man in high school. right. In the pros, they will use the man in college. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't take you can't take anyone mm. lightly. Mm. Because that guy that's not getting that time off the bench, he gets now into into the game, he can light you up. Right. And you see it all the time. Right. So it was a wonderful time, man. Uh, uh experience being on that level to where there's no such thing as night offs. Right. But the the the, the toughest opponent for me. Just like in boxing, they say styles make fights. Right, right, right. And he he wasn't like a Kyrie or no, he wasn't like a Steph Curry with his shot. But man, you can give him the lane, you can give him a shot. Now from the free throw on in, he can nail it. But he his his dexterity, man, his ability to handle that rock, finish right and left. For me, and we had great battles with each other. But for me, the toughest was Rod Strickland. Really? For me, man. Rod really? Strickland. Wow. Rod, Rod was crafty. With, he had that hesitation, man. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Rod was he nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rod was nice. 
That's crazy. So yeah. it, it's funny because I was just assuming it would be Michael Jordan, right? Well, well, we didn't see Michael and I. We didn't guard each other. Mm. He guarded. You know, there was switches here and there, right? But in terms of who you guard and who guards you, mm. you know, that was that 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 would be Rod Strickland. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I mentioned MJ. You know, I know you guys didn't cover each other too much, but yeah. what was your biggest memory of playing against Michael Jordan? And you know, high school, high school, or NBA? Both, both. <laughs> well, I was at the Nike camp uh, going into my eleventh or twelfth grade year. I can't remember the one, but I, I remember Michael Jordan was there, mm. and out of all the people in the camp, it was about one hundred and ten of us, the mm. quote unquote best in the nation invited. And he called me out on the basketball floor. And it was two possessions. And I jab step and took him to the rack, scored. He gave me the ball back. I crossed him over, took him to the rack, and scored. And he um, he ended up uh, asking for the ball back, and he told me to go sit down. So that was like the highlight of my, my, my high school. Mm. When it comes to the NBA, uh, definitely when at, there was a period when they had him guarding guards, point mm. guards. And I think he had went to uh, Toronto, and I think right. Damon Stoudemire had lit him up. Yeah. It's a different position. It's like right. us playing him on the post all day. Right, 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 yeah. And then somebody else got him. And then he was coming to Denver. I'm like, man, I don't want to be the eyeball. Yeah. So he started on me. And, my, of course, whether it's Jordan or anybody, you're trying to, you're trying to annihilate mm. as much as possible your yeah. opponent. But especially when it's a person that's kind of out of position mm. and it's Jordan, you trying to hit him real hard quick to right. get him off of you. And it was just happened to be a good day for me, and I ended up scoring 32 that game. Yeah. And we, we upset them. They had an 18-game winning yeah. streak. Yep. Yeah, so that was a highlight for me when I played him. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. I mean, talk about playing against considered the GOAT, you know, in, oh, in yeah. all sports. So oh, yeah. uh, pretty cool to get your take on that. Um, another game I wanted to bring up. Uh, so you played with the Nuggets up until 96. Mm-hmm. December 8th, 1995. Probably one of your most infamous games. Uh, you played Utah Jazz. <laughs> uh, you lit up for 51 points, mm-hmm. nine three-pointers. And Carl Malone, he had 27 points and 22 rebounds, but they couldn't do anything to stop you. You guys ended up with a dub. What's <laughs> it like to beat the Utah Jazz, even when they have arguably the best bigs of all time in Carl Malone? Man, look, playing in Utah, that there were some arenas that you went to that you just knew that for the most part you were going to have to almost perform a miracle to win Mm. that was boston garden right (laughs) and that was was utah yeah uh so i mean it was it was wonderful but really what happened was the game before playing utah i was here in boston and my teammate Dale Ellis caught a rebound, turned, and I was there, and he, and he, he elbowed me by accident, mm. and I had a slight concussion. Right. And then you know concussion, they're not sitting you out. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they fix your eye. You yeah, come, yeah. Yeah. And I came right back in the game. Yeah. Finished that game. Then the next game, I think, was uh, Utah. And man, I don't know if it was partly concussion and I was out of my yeah, mind yeah, or whatever, yeah. but <laughs> the next game was fifty-one points. So yeah. I'm not complaining. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's yeah. crazy. Um. I mean, we talked about you playing with Montumbo. We mm. talked about you playing with Shaq. Right. If you had to choose to play with one teammate for, you know, 
the rest of your career, or just to play with them again, uh, who would you pick? I mean, there's you just, mean somebody that I haven't played with also? Some someone that you? I mean, we could do that too. But just in terms of Mutombo or Shaq, probably one of those two. Um, if you had to pick, if you had to pick one, I know it's tough, but man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what, man. That is a tough one. Uh, Shaquille has been on a lot of championships. <laughs> He's been on a lot of championships. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Dikembe has won championships. Yeah. But I, I, I enjoyed playing against Shaquille when I was at LSU. Right. Uh, but I I would spend more time with, with, with uh, Dikembe. Yeah. So because of that, I would probably say Dikembe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mutombo. Um, yeah, I would probably say him. You still t- stay in touch with him? Yeah, I've been talking to Dikembe in a while, and you know the funny thing, he I think he won, uh, I don't know how many homes he has, but I think yeah. he lives in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. He also, and I, that's, I'm, I'm in Georgia as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So, but I, you guys I, reach outside out again, outside or? of Dikembe, though, if it was another teammate, it would be it would be man Hakeem Olajuwon. Really? Man, I think Hakeem. I mean, plus, you know, we have a lot in common with our faith. Right. But but I just, man, I just think that. He was for his size. He wasn't legitimate seven footer, mm. and man, he he could he could put it on the floor. He could he could shoot it, free throws, block shots, and just watching him how he played, right. you know, and how it seems the teammates respected him, and, and then on and off the court, man, I think it would have been a great experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we talk about like the NBA then and the NBA now. Yeah. Um, you know, we just mentioned two bigs. Uh, you know, Mutombo and, and Shaq, and then even, you know, you just mentioned Hakeem. Yeah. The, you know, it's a lot more small ball now, right? You're oh. seeing, uh, you know, the Steph Currys. They actually compi- made a little comparison yeah. with you and Steph Curry, you know, shooting the three. And, right. uh, you know, Clay Thompson. I mean, it's just so different now mm-hmm. and with the quick threes and, and the small ball. The big man isn't as crucial as it used to be. Yeah. Do you, what are your thoughts on, the NBA now versus when you played. Well, uh, you know, I th- I think that uh, you know right now uh, it's not as physical, mm. but it's still exciting. Yeah. Um. Uh. And 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 the not being physical is not their their fault. The mm. NBA makes the rules. So in order to stay in the game and not foul out, you have to play by the rules. Because when I was coming up, we had we hand checked. But then there was a period where we put our forearm on the guy, and if we extended it, it was a foul. Right. Because the scoring went down. Right. So yeah. we had to follow the rules. Now it's different. You, you can't touch the guy when you're facing yeah. it. Yeah. So it's not their fault. I think if they were put into a position to where they were forced to play, they'd adapt. But mm. would the numbers be the same? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime you put resistance to anything, it's yeah. numbers gonna go down. Yeah. Uh, but I do like. I mean, I don't like the fact it seems you know back then we had to go through the big guy. Mm. regardless if he was great or not. Now, as you said, it was sm- it's small ball. Mm. So everybody seems almost shooting the three. Mm. They'll drive and have a two, and they'll still kick it yeah. out to the three. Yeah, the mid-range is in Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you had a shot. Yeah. But and, and, and then you see a lot of people holding the ball now, mm. dribbling a lot, mm. right, uh, dominating the ball, people right. standing around. Right, yeah. I don't necessarily like that. Uh, if, look, if you fake a guy out four or five times, Eventually, you're gonna figure him out. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 
but it still has its moments of excitement. Right, yeah. And, and when I see that, I tend to be glued to the television. Right, for a right, moment. right, yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you know you mentioned oh that you have a shot. The mid range isn't as crucial. Um, the Golden State Warriors, you know, have been dominating the past three years. Right. Past couple years, really. Hopefully not this year. We'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but you know, it, what what you know is it weird just watching them just really always going for the three. I mean, what does it just amaze you? Is it? I mean, what are your what are what, your impressions? Not on only that? are they not uh, not only are they going for the three. Mm. Deep three. Man, they shooting that thing <laughs> out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, but, but I was talking to a guy today. I said, you know, Dave, I said, listen, we had a green, uh, well, they have a fluorescent light, mm. you know, and, and, and it's a different, when you have that type of freedom, right? the goal looks like it's two, three sizes bigger. Right. Because they expect you, man, don't, don't even worry about missing. Right. Shoot yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you 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 go in not even you don't have that unnecessary tension like man if I miss a couple of shots man they gonna take right me right out. yeah yeah and even yeah. when you have that you gotta block it out because you'll be out the league if mm. you keep thinking about that but it's even that much more open and and when you have that dynamic oh man it's it's almost it's like shooting practice a right. guy can't touch you for one right yeah then his kicking you got <laughs> to I mean you can yeah. they don't mind if you shoot it four five yeah, feet yeah, behind yeah. the <laughs> It's a yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah, I can only three. imagine. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because you talked about you know comparing players today and maybe back then. You know, it's it's an unfair comparison because the game is just totally different. Yeah. You know, it, there's a, one big comparison is LeBron or MJ, mm. um, and then sometimes Kobe's thrown into the mix, and then you hear <laughs> C- Curry gang his name gang in there. So, I, I guess we could just start off with you know. Is there anyone who's playing in the game today you think that could really challenge Jordan? Oh man, you know, look, man, there's a lot of people. Uh, when you say challenge him in terms of in terms of you know talent, maybe arguably being one of the greatest of all time, or you think oh, MJ secured that spot? Well, uh, I would I would still give uh, Jordan that spot. Yeah. I can't remember who did it. Someone did a great comparison online one time, and mm. it was phenomenal when you start looking at Jordan's numbers compared to LeBron's and other players. Right. I just can't remember them right off. Um, and then you're talking about doing that, not really shooting a lot of threes, hand-checking era. Right. Yeah. Um, he was just an ultimate competitor. Mm. Um, so I, w- I would still – but, man, you have people, man, that, like, on the offensive side, right? Look, man, KD can, yeah, big as yeah, he is, he yeah. can handle that rock. Yeah, yeah once yeah. he get it up, what you gonna do? He's yeah, basically nothing. seven feet. Yeah, uh, you, you, I mean, LeBron, his size, his speed. Mm. Uh, uh, I mean, you just have a lot of players, man, that just they can play. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, you know, and I know you're talking about Jordan and his position, but like right. Kyrie, man, Kyrie, yeah. man, he, he's got that thing on a yo-yo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he can shoot the three. He can shoot the mid range. Right. He can finish right and left. Yeah. You know, so you got some players that can really, they're good. Right. Very good. Would you, would you consider Kyrie the best ball handler of all time? Man, look at here. <laughs> It's tough, right? But yeah, it's tough. But at the same time, too, it's a different. I think they have more freedom mm. to like, pop, pop. like right. they can hold the ball, they can dribble, and right. they can yeah, dance yeah, yeah. with it. Yeah, we if we did that back in the day, 
the mentality, oh, man, you're holding the ball too long, pass it and move. Right, 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 right. Or you're showing yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> now it's just a different era. So based upon, okay, what we see today and how much he dribbles and what he does mm. with it, he's definitely – I like to see somebody that's – he. He's definitely up there. Yeah. If not, he he can just do it, man. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a Celtics fan, I don't know, man. It, it pains me to say that, but <laughs> yeah. no, I get it. I yeah. get it. But if if you pushing yeah. that aside, yeah. just looking at straight. Yeah, no, he's a great player. Yeah, he great can play. He can play. Um, a lot of people don't realize that you're you're still playing ball. I mean, you <laughs> played ball a couple months ago. You're part of the. Big three. Yes. Uh, if people don't know, it's a league founded by Ice Cube, consists of both former NBA players and international players. Uh, what intrigues you the most about, you know, the big three? And, uh, you know, maybe who would you like to see uh, join the league in the near future? Man, you know what? I just like the fact uh, that you have guys that have, to whatever degree, they've, they've kept themselves up enough. Right. To still be able to play. Yeah. And despite the shape that they're in, when you get on that court, man. Yeah. It's like a light clicks on and they're still yeah. competitive. Yeah. And for me, being the oldest, pretty much for. You were tearing it up, though, the man. Because <laughs> yeah. Oakley was, but he was more like a coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he played a ha part of one game. But um, it's to be able to, man, from 27 years young now all the way up if you can get into the league just to be able to still compete mm. against these young guys. Yeah. And I tell them all the time, I said, man, you got more to lose. I said, if we have a game and and I outscore you, you look bad. Yeah. I said, if it's close, you look bad. Yeah, I yeah, said, yeah. if you happen to get me that game, they're going to say the man's 50 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you, you, yeah, no, I was saying, I was watching <laughs> some YouTube highlights last night. Yeah. You're still popping the three for yeah, sure. I'm trying, they got the four point, the four pointer. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's it, yeah, it, you got to be <laughs> in that circle or on it, that circle. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's yeah, tough. Maybe yeah. get Curry on there or something. Yeah. Um, you know, Ice Cube has talked about, you know, he really wants to get Kobe in the league. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, there's some pretty big names in that league, but uh, what would it be like to to get Kobe in the big three? I mean, it'd be wonderful for the big three. It'd yeah. be wonderful for the for the fans. Yeah, it'd be wonderful for the people out there who hadn't played against Kobe mm. uh, to to see where they are. But uh, that's a huge undertaking. Right, right, right. I, I think the money would have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to get the paychecks up a little yeah. bit for that to happen. Yeah. You were on the uh, three-headed monsters. Yes, um, believe they reached the finals. Uh, Three years in a well, well, not the finals. The second year we were set. No, the final first year we went to the finals. Right. Yeah. Second year we were second place. I think. Right. And this year, we're third place. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So no. we, we've we've always been in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. In the hunt. Yeah. Do you like that style that the big three, you know, delivers, you know, the three on three half court, um, you know, they implemented the four pointer. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot different from uh, your, your, you know, regular, you know, basketball that people are used to. Yeah. Um, you like that change? Well, I love it because think about it. Three on three is something that we grew up playing. Right. You know, you got game of 21, one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three. Right, yeah. And three-on-three three is played pretty much everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you don't have to 
It's not like even you play enough basketball, you really don't need play. Right. It's going to be an ISO, a pick and roll, a pick and roll slip pop. Right, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, mean, just hooking up half court yeah, shots, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't you don't need to practice really. You play yeah. the game, you can read read guys, you catch on real quick. Right. So I I mean, look, man, I think it's wonderful. Uh, the fans, mm. it seems like every year uh, the, the crowds are getting bigger. Mm. Um, they're becoming more aware of it. Yeah. Um, they're attached to it. And I think it has the potential because uh, overseas is very huge. Mm. And they're thinking about it from what I heard, yeah. putting it in into the Olympics. Yeah, and you played internationally as well for a couple of years exactly. as well. So that must Seven been, years. Yeah. Yeah. So that must have that that must be a cool cool mix as well because you're playing with former NBA players and then uh, you know possibly former international players as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to hang in, man, as long yeah. as I can, <laughs> as long as I can get to my spots and yeah. still execute, yeah, yeah, yeah. stay healthy. Yeah, I'm yeah, for to, sure. I'm going to do it. Um, I just wanted to ask, uh, what what do you want to be remembered for? You know, throughout your entire basketball career, if there's I mean, you you have so much that happened throughout your career. Great career, legendary. Um, you know, social justice advocate as well. Those that kind of um, aspect of things. What do you want to be remembered for as an athlete? As an athlete, in terms of ba- uh, like sports, or in terms of just period. Uh, uh, maybe maybe just as a person, like just. Uh, you know what. I don't. Yeah. We could we could do athlete too, or yeah. Well, uh, um, I, I, that's a tough one. Um, I, I if if I were to say anything right now, uh, it would just be man a person that uh, was constantly trying to evolve mm. and to be a person who uh uh. uh w- was was adamant about living the truth and speaking the truth. Right. Yeah. Regardless. Mm. Um and that stood for something, stood for principles and values. Yeah. Uh regardless of what people thought. Yeah. And uh f- for me um that's that's by far way bigger than being recognized for just being able to dribble a basketball mm. and shoot. Mm. Uh you know cuz I I really think if if we live our life and if the only thing someone can say about you is that man, he could shoot and play. Right. I think you've had a wasted life. Yeah. There's more in life. There's that. There's there's more important things. You mm. know. There's a saying that if you want to find yourself, lose yourself in the service of others. Mm. And and that the goal in life is to find your gift. The purpose in life is to give it away. Yeah. You know. So that's that's what I'm aiming for. That's awesome, man. I mean, if just going off of that before we wrap up, um, yeah. if. Is there any advice that you'd like to give to your younger self, you know, looking back at, at that career um, and just going off of what you just said? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't – I'd have to think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you kind of talked about it, you know, just yeah. – just, you know, it sounds like you're just giving back and, you know, obviously very faithful guy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm really appreciated to have you here in the studio yeah, thank you. at uh, UNH here, WUNH Radio, Wild Chat Sports Podcast number nine. Uh, Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, everybody. Yes, sir. Super pumped to have him here. Um, 
You're you're our first NBA player we've ever interviewed. I mean, this is awesome, man. man I, I'm, I'm, I made I'm history pumped. again. I, I started I started the <laughs> I started the podcast three months ago. I'm like on my couch interviewing my buddies. Now I got now I got you. Three months ago? Yeah, three months ago oh, this summer. Time, yeah, so I'm, I'm super pumped to have you, and, and uh, we'll definitely be watching the big three. Maybe maybe get me on the team. Maybe I can <laughs> show some moves. I don't know. Hopefully I can hang in there. I don't know, but yeah. uh, make sure to follow us um, on social at wildchatsports.com. Once again. Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, everybody. Wild Chat Sports Podcast number nine. Uh, stay with us next time, and everyone have a good night. Peace out. Appreciate you, man. From the sweet life of Zach and Cody on the sweet life on Drake Bell here. It's your girl Camille Kostek. Shuma Gavin in the house. Shoe nice again. Lay Howard from the Los Angeles Lakers. This is CeeLo Green. The follow at Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. If you Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Peace. Wild Chat Sports, man. Check it out. Love.